Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Tuesday, April 5th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, you were getting closer. Uh, Thursday's opening day. The Guardians are playing their final spring exhibition games, a split squad. They're at Chase Field this afternoon, and at uh, uh, they're playing Colorado out at uh, Salt, River Fle- uh, <laughs> Salt River Fields. Uh I, I believe Aaron Savali is getting a, a shot to start, and Logan Allen is also getting a, one last final tune-up as well. Uh, what are we expecting in these these last games as as they they hope to get through uh, unscathed? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good word, unscathed, Joe. Get these two games over with. Let the pitchers, uh, you know, Savali and Logan Allen, get build up a little bit more before uh, you know they they jump on the bus and head to the airport in Phoenix and. And, uh, you know, fly to uh, Kansas City and, uh, you know, the AAA guys, I guess, uh, will head to uh, Lehigh Valley and uh, join Columbus. And uh, I think the, the uh, everybody else, the other uh, three minor league clubs start on Friday. So, you know, I, I'm, I don't know if uh, anybody's going back to the complex, but, you know, Tito said yesterday that they've got buses going all over the place and to make sure you get on the right one. So, uh hopefully they do yeah it's uh hopefully there's no stowaways on that on that bus to uh, kansas city on the on the plane to kansas city well i I, there wouldn't be any room for him you got a 28-man roster and that's uh sort of sort of some of these problems that that tito is going to face early on in the season and we'll get into those in a little bit here uh last night uh the guardians lose three to one uh another night where the the offense kind of didn't show up we saw that against the Cubs in their previous game Sunday night uh, where they waited until the ninth inning to score any runs. And, uh, you know, this was a, a common theme early in the season and really throughout the season last year. The pitching was all right and keep, can keep you in games, but if you don't score runs, it's going to be hard to win. Uh, last night they only got one run uh, in, uh, uh, and Zach Davies was able to sort of handle them for the, uh, the Diamondbacks last night. Uh, concerns about the the Guardians' offense early in the season? Oh, yeah, I think there's major concerns, Joe, especially after you get past the uh, first four spots in the lineup. You know, what, uh, Straw, Rosario, uh, Ramirez, and, and Reyes, uh, you know, who is down below? Who's, who's going to, you know, come through in those last five spots in the lineup? And, uh, you know, that's what, uh, 
know, I, I thought, and I think everyone else thought that would be addressed uh, this off season and it wasn't. And we saw another example of that uh, last night when the Tigers, you know, acquired Austin Meadows, you know, a home, uh, from Tampa Bay Meadows hit 27 home runs and uh, drove in 106 runs last year. And uh, you know, Tampa Bay, I don't know. Tampa Bay was looking for an infielder, I guess. And they, oh, they went oh, to the Tigers. One of those, of the, I don't know. Guardians. I, I, I don't know a franchise that's overloaded with infield prospects. What uh, Isaac Paredes, I remember him hitting a, a grand slam, I believe in his, uh, in one of his first games against uh, uh, Cleveland last year. Uh, but you're telling me that the guardians couldn't offer up Jose Tania or like you said, Owen Miller, somebody like that to, to, to acquire a guy like Austin Meadows, who, who would have been exactly what they needed to, you know, a, a guy you could plug out there and in, in uh, right or left field and, and hope that he hits 25 to 30 home runs for you. Yeah. He's only making 4 million this year that you got, you got, you control him for three more years and uh, he's the perfect player. He's the player that uh, Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff said they were looking for, you know, controllable young players. And uh, it, it's, it's been a strange, strange uh, off season and a strange spring, uh, Joe. And uh, I'm, I'm just not quite sure, you know, what to make of it. What, what, what is the ultimate goal here? And we haven't heard any progress or news on the Jose Ramirez contract extension front. Uh, there are reports out there that uh, representatives, Rafi Nieves uh, from uh, Ramirez's camp would be uh, joining the Indians, or I'm sorry, joining the Guardians at some point before they break for Kansas City to try and get a deal done before opening day. I haven't heard anything uh, new on that front. Uh, I'd seen a, a tweet and a report out there that there was an offer for four years and 89 million on top of what he was already making uh, and that that was was turned down. Uh, I don't know how accurate that is, but, uh, you know, at, at this point, uh, you know, both sides seem to want to have Jose Ramirez locked up and, and, and done, you know, before the season starts. I, I just don't understand why it can't get done. If you're not going to get an Austin Meadows, then you better lock up what you've already got. Yeah, Joe, I just uh, just heard uh, something on Jose that, uh, you know, they exchanged. Uh, the Indians made a proposal last week. Uh, Jose's people came back and made a counter proposal. And uh, the Indian, uh, the uh, Guardians never made a, uh, never got back to him. So right now things are dead in the water. And, um, you know, with uh, opening day, what, two days away here, um, you know, I just don't see how this gets done. I think, uh, you know, they play this out and uh, maybe they, you know, they, they approach him later in the year. Maybe they approach him in the off season, but when you're one year away from free agency, you know, or you might be a free agent, even if they don't pick up the option for right. 2023. So, you know, that makes it really hard to, uh, to negotiate. So uh, right now it does not look good for, uh, you know, for them extending Jose. Yeah, maybe maybe they're trying to be too creative instead of you know uh, just being a, a little more straight with the the years and the and the the dollar figures. But uh, again, I, I can't see uh, a motivation for you know not spending some money there. If, if you you locked up uh, Emmanuel Classe for uh, the next you know what four or five years, I. 
I, I don't see why Jose Ramirez can't get the same consideration right now. So, well, uh, talking, that's, that's two, that's a lot of different, there's, there's a big difference in the money they're talking about yeah. between Class A and, and Ramirez. Yeah, uh, pretty significant. Yeah, as well. All right. Uh, we mentioned last night, uh, last night's game, Austin Hedges uh, sort of uh, put a scare into uh, all of us who were following along. Uh, he left the game after the second inning. Uh, took a foul ball off the knee, and uh, the report from Terry Francona today was was pretty positive. Yeah, it sounded good. Uh, you know, sounded uh, had just said if it, this is if this was a regular season, you know, Tito said he told Tito he could you know go back in and he play. Uh, got the got a foul tip off the uh, top of his uh, knee. I guess probably the he said the meat part of his you know the, above the knee, which probably was just above the uh, shin guard. And, uh, but, but Joe, this points out so much, uh, you know, we've seen catchers get banged up the last couple of years. Roberto Perez could not stay healthy and, you know, it opened the door for hedges, but you know, if hedges get hurt, gets hurt, you're, you're looking at Brian Lavastida as your starting catcher. And it really shows you the danger in, uh, not the danger, but just, uh, the concern when you, when you, you know, you don't have a veteran backup and, uh, you know, obviously they've got Luke Mele, uh, uh, you know, sitting in the, in the wings here, trying to get over that hamstring injury. But, uh, you know, the last thing you need is to open the season with a rookie catcher and your strength is the starting rotation. Right. Yeah, that, that could be a, a big problem and nothing's more frustrating to a, a good young starting rotation than, you know, a, a ball getting uh, dropped in a critical situation or a play not getting made from behind the plate and not saying that Lavastida is not, you know, ready yeah. to, to step in and do that. You know, we just haven't seen it. We just haven't, and, and nobody's really seen what he can do beyond uh, the triple a level because he only played seven games there. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, an area of concern. The, the other, the other big question mark, I think right now is what, what are they doing with Ahmed Rosario in at shortstop or left field? Uh, one of today's lineups has, uh, Stephen Kwan starting in left and Bradley Zimmer starting in right with uh, Rosario starting at short. Uh, my guess is heading into the opener and the first few weeks of the season uh, that, you know, these last this last stretch of games that they played where they they had Rosario in left. They just wanted to get him feeling comfortable there and and, you know, not, you know, have come to him later on in the season and say, hey, you're going to left field and not having had an experience there because. I think that the real target is sometime around May 1st, uh, early May, that they want to bring up Gabriel Arias after he gets hot in uh, in Columbus and give him the, uh, the shortstop job and move uh, Rosario out to left. I, I don't think that they're they're holding the spot for Jimenez. I think Jimenez is their second baseman and that they, they really want to give the job to Arias. Well, that, you know, that makes a lot of sense, Joe. It's a, you know, that's you know, kind of, you know, educated speculation. I think, you know, that, that makes, that makes sense to me. And, you know, Arias has to, you know, he, he has to go to Columbus and hit and hit and play well. And, uh, you know, I think the rest will take care of itself because obviously they, they really liked him in spring training. He's, he's been on fire for the last two springs, you know, went down to Columbus last year, led the Clippers in just about every offensive category. Um, so he's, He's a guy to watch, definitely, and uh, I think he he's going to influence that lineup one way or or another eventually this season. 
Yeah, I, I think we will definitely see him. And if he shows any sort of, uh, you know, promise or progress or ability to hit at the, at the major league li- uh, level that they're going to, they're going to see what they have with him uh, for sure. That's the, the sort of the philosophy right now of uh, letting the kids play, I guess, if, if you're not going to bring in anybody new, uh, or anybody from the outside, then you've got to, got to see what you've got. Uh are, are, are we ready for, for opening day? Are we ready to, to get beyond this? Are you, are you ready to head to Kansas City right now and, and get to work, Quincy, I guess, is the question. Yeah, I'm doing my laundry right now, Joe. Oh, no. So I can't <laughs> like it or not, it, it's right here. You know, ready or not, like uh, Tito was saying yesterday, ready or not, here it comes. So, uh, you know, I, I think every manager probably would like a week, another week for for preparation especially in a short spring but you know uh the players and the writers i think and everybody else are ready to go they're they're, let's get it on and uh, see what happens here yeah here he is 62 years old and we asked him you know if there's any anxiety about it and uh and and he said uh, you know i don't think that there's a a manager out there who's who's done it who, who wouldn't tell you he's anxious heading into uh that first series of the of the uh the regular season uh, so, so yeah, and, and, and we all know that, you know, on nights that, that this team loses a game, he doesn't sleep. He, he, he carries it with him every night. It's, it's the, some of, it's one of the, some of the qualities that make him such a, a great guy in the clubhouse and, and make him such a great leader is that, you know, you can tell it, it wears on him when, when the team isn't performing and, and doing what it needs to do. Uh, I think this season is going to be really interesting with the amount of coaching and teaching he's going to have to do uh, at, at 62 years old, when, you know, uh, normally a, a guy in his position is running a veteran club and, and, you know, knows what to expect out of his guys. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I like what he said yesterday uh, on the, on the zoom call. He was, you know, he said he was up at two o'clock in the morning, uh, wondering, you know, uh, kind of wrestling with the question, you know, how do you get your starters stretched out during the season, you know, when they're going to enter the season at, what, 50 to 60 pitches, and now you've got to leave them in the game, you know, let's say they're in the fourth inning, they're getting knocked around, you know, either, you know, you're losing or you're down by a run, but the guy needs his work, he, he needs to get his arms stronger, so how far do you go with him, or do you rush right in and, and bring the bullpen in, so it, it's an interesting uh interesting dilemma I mean you got 14 pitchers and you know so you got a security blanket there you got a big bullpen but you know eventually you're going to have to get your starters up to where they can throw 80 to 100 pitches a game yeah this is why he uh he he stays up and orders maybe an extra bowl of ice cream from room service (laughs) that's uh that's his go-to a couple of things uh news and notes type uh that we've seen uh from MLB as we get closer to the start of the season uh the umpires are going to be announcing the uh, the decisions on replays, uh, like the like the NBA when the when they go to the replay booth and the uh, the referees have to go over and face the camera, and like in the NFL when the the referee turns on his microphone, it's going to be the same. I saw a couple of clips of of umpires doing it in exhibition games, and it just it kind of looks a little weird, kind of looks a little off putting, but I guess we'll get used to it hearing from these guys now. I can't wait for the first time Angel Hernandez flips on his microphone <laughs> and says the wrong thing at some point. I'm sure it's going to happen. 
<laughs> yeah, but it, I think that's a great thing for the fans, Joe, and and for us in the press box too, because a lot of times, you know, when they huddle and a decision is made, you know, the from New York, and you you really don't know the exact, you know, the ruling until you know it kind of filters down up to the press box through the through the PR guy, the official scorer. So this is this, and I think it's really. You know, you connect with the fans. The fans aren't sitting there scratching their heads, wondering what's going on. Yeah, any sort of level of transparency is is good when it comes to uh, sort of the the rules and and how these things go. Hey, you're talking to a guy who likes to look at the uh, the NBA's last two minute reports uh, after after the Cavs get. Well, you uh, know all the rules, Joe. Oh, you're 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 the guy, man. They get they get screwed out of games. I I go immediately to those last two minute reports to find out what. <laughs> Oh, uh, what's going on? The other big story uh, that's breaking today is uh, that pitchers and catchers are going to be allowed to wear uh, signaling devices that are, are once they become accustomed to them, it's aimed at sort of avoiding the whole uh, sign stealing issue uh, and, and controversy. If you don't have to uh, flash hand signals, if you can use some other form of signaling electronically, uh, back and forth between the pitcher and the catcher. Uh, that makes it a, a, a lot easier to call pitches. The game might actually move a little faster. And, uh, you know, this this could be a good thing. We're finally stepping into the, the, the 21st century with this, Poinsy. Yeah, that's interesting. And, uh, you know, I kind of miss the, you know, the sign stealing and all that. You know, that was always part of the game. But, you know, obviously somebody took advantage of it, you know, and took it to the umpteenth level. But, uh, you know, that's going to be weird. I remember sitting in a bar with Rick Dempsey when he was catching for the Indians. And he, would, and he flashed me like 40 signs in about two seconds and asked me what I call for. And I said, I had no idea. So, uh, so this, change up. Think, Why did you just say change up? Come on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, but, uh, you know, so this is going to be interesting. And, uh, you know, it, it makes sense. It makes so much sense. You know, can they talk to each other? Was it going to be Morse code? Or, I, I can't or? imagine. It's got to be some sort of, uh, you know, uh, like a pulse, like uh, like a like you would feel on a on an Apple Watch or something like that. I I, yeah. I have to read up on it a little more before uh, before we get into it. We will do a a whole podcast on this uh, this electronic system. To that, there's a couple of them out there. I think that are approved. So. We'll uh, we'll have more details on it as we get into the season, but I think it's a weird time for them to be sort of approving this and letting it go, you know, two days before the regular season begins. And oh yeah, by the way, you guys can use this brand new technology uh, as you as you see fit uh, and 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 as you're used to it. So uh, that seems a little weird to me, but um, by this by this time next year, it'll be second nature, I guess. Yeah, if they're going to have robot umpires at AAA <laughs> and uh, eventually in the big leagues, I guess they're going to have to have Morse code between the pitchers and catchers. You know, yeah. they're going to have to mental telepathy. Robot umpires and cyborg pitchers. That's the, uh, <laughs> you know, we just put just put the implants directly into their brains so that they can they can move in unison. I guess it's it, it'll be something like out of a Spielberg movie. Uh, Spielberg movie, I guess. Uh, all right, Hoinsey, uh, we are we're almost a week away from uh, Tom Hanks throwing out the first pitch at the guardians home opener, which I personally can't wait for because anytime I get to see Sheriff Woody in person, that's like, that, that's going to be uh, just simply amazing. What's your favorite Tom Hanks movie? Oh man. I, you know, I, 
I love Private Ryan. You know, Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan, yeah. I like uh, uh, League of Their Own, but Saving Private Ryan, that was that was a good one. That, that one got me. Castaway, Philadelphia, probably two of, uh, two of the greatest, you know, performances in, in his career. Uh, I go all the way back to, like, 1987 and Dragnet when he was in a comedy with Dan Aykroyd. He was a comedian. He was a comic actor. He's not like this this big serious actor. He he made movies in the '80s like Bachelor Party and Splash and and uh, and Drag. Splash, right? Yeah, with That's John Candy, back. right? That was an ultimately quotable movie. Was was Dragnet? It's one of my favorites. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait. Uh, I'm 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 going to be a little bit awestruck by uh, by Tom Hanks at the uh, at the Guardians opener. I, I got to admit to that. So I saw him act in the uh, Shakespeare. Uh, yeah, uh, festival the great, in the Great Lakes Theater Festival. Great yeah. Lakes Theater, yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that's that's when he fell in love with Cleveland baseball. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I kind of tend to forget. Hoinsey was out in the uh, out in the bleachers wearing bell that's bottoms. How old I am? <laughs> <laughs> that's. I'm not even going to start. All right, Hoinsey, we will uh, check back in with you uh, again uh, from Kansas City as you uh, head out there for their first workout. Uh, tomorrow and we'll talk to you later on the Cleveland right, Talk podcast.